Episode 11, Camino. What the fuck? And you are listening to Star What the F. I am your host, Jason Tagmeyer, along with. Marty Cobb. And our co host, Alex Strang, is currently being cloned at a facility. Oh, man. <laughs> Next time we'll have a couple of them. Yeah, that'll be interesting, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so today's episode is about uh, our first uh, planet. We've, we've wanted to talk about a, a planet a couple times now, and we've thought of. Which one to start with? And we're going to throw everybody off and start with Camino. Yeah, we're not starting with an obvious one, really. No, not at all. We're I, not even starting with one that has a lot of information about it. Or no, no. Or definition or anything. Then again, I imagine that a lot of the other planets might have even less to talk about. Like, what does Hoth have to talk about besides ice? Snow, ice. Yeah. I hear the Wapas have at least 40 different words for ice. Tauntaun bellies. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> They're warm, I heard. Um... So, and Camino itself, um, for anyone who doesn't know which one Camino is, it is the basically water-based planet. It's it's wet, raining, and filled with uh, looks like oceans and huge waves. Um, and then there's there's little little city structures sticking out on top of them from um, Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. The Kaminoans are the Lamassu and the other alien-like uh, creatures that are housing the clones. If if that if that strikes a chord, it's very weird. It's very almost like Steven Spielbergish. Yeah. The, the film changes quite a bit. Uh, episode two changes quite a bit at that point and feels like an entire entirely different film for for a couple minutes. And I personally like that a lot. Like it, it yeah. just it definitely struck a chord. And, um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this, that I think Camino is probably one of the most interesting things, and probably one of the only interesting things introduced in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's a cool, it's a, it's a really neat, uh, it, it just reminds me of, um, Bespin, kind of. Yeah, well, it, it looks like, it's very clean, it's very, it's very different. It's the only thing that doesn't look like the rest of this movie, because it, it doesn't feel like... A lot of the stuff we've seen in Star Wars, because especially since mostly we focus on the the grittier side of the the universe, it's, which is it's very clean, it's very man made. While while the the water based area seems very natural, the structures are there's there's nothing natural about them at all. Well, it's actually even weirder than that because most of that planet technically wasn't natural. Um, to go into detail, go for it. Um, Camino is a completely water planet for the most part. There is some land masses, but it's been suggested that they're probably just marshlands and not real solid ground. They probably don't really have any, like, real land, maybe with, like, one or two islands, but they probably just have the stilt-style buildings on them. But the reason it got like that is due to what is known as the Great Flood, which, uh, there are two different answers on the Wikipedia, because, uh... The, the one that comes up, and the one I'm more likely to believe, is that this was caused by climate change. Okay. Uh, global warming. That these creatures had just polluted themselves, or the planet just naturally heated up. 
melted their polar ice caps and just flooded the area, and they just managed to survive. And the other one is that it was the end of their ice age, and okay. it just kind of flooded things pretty quickly. Um, so it could have been Hoth? It could have been Hoth at one point, yeah. An old Hoth? Maybe it actually could be Hoth now. It could have froze over between... That's no, no that, that probably didn't happen. But, um... um so... And the Kaminos, Kimonians, Kimonians, um, they survived by doing the one thing that they seem to really know how to do, or at least I assume they know how to do, which is clone. Okay. They themselves are basically a society of made clones. Interesting. They basically, uh, they, they're kind of like, uh, eugenicists, I would describe them as, where they believe that, like, there were these people that they had that were just not going to work out. Not cutting like, it. So maybe like the short ones, <laughs> like maybe there was tiny ones and they were just like, oh, the longer necks are clearly going to help us more, you know? Uh, so they were just like, I'm going to call you guys and we're going to keep breeding by uh, cloning, I guess. It doesn't really ever state that they particularly just breed by cloning, but I would take a guess that they probably do. So does the... Uh, environment of Camino uh, is that conducive to cloning? Is that does that does that have anything to do with the why they are cloning at Camino? Well, the only thing that really has that really has anything going for it on the Camino landscape is that it is watery. Yes, and that it is rainy. That all <laughs> it is just a never-ending cycle. Because if a planet was completely water, and there was like a normal, it has a normal Earth-style core, which is just like a molten core. So what that would suggest is that it's just endlessly, like, the atmosphere, and it has a normal atmosphere, also, that all it would be is that it would constantly, like, just heat up and create more precipitation, which would create more rain. So it would endlessly rain. Like, you can't, yeah. like, there might be a non-rainy day once a year, and that would be the year that they, the day they party. But it but seems <laughs> like there's no such thing as outdoors unless you're getting in, into a vehicle. It doesn't. There's a landing pad, and then everything else was indoors. If I'm if I'm correct. Well, yeah, because why would you want to be outside? Exactly. It's wet out there. Well, I imagine their species is used to it because they look like they could swim, or at least. Yeah, they do. They they have eyes that very, look like they could very swim. Very fish heady. Yeah. yeah, they have like large hands that they're not webbed, but they should be. I, I imagine. So here's a um, question for you: What do you think the temperature of that water is like? Uh, Hot, the, cold, moderate. If I had to say, it's probably as freezing as can be. Yeah. Like, it's probably... It's either that or, like, because of how... If if there was a climate change of ridiculous proportion, it's probably, like, boiling. Yeah, Which I might can't, help explain it's, the rain. It's, it's hard to tell in the in the battle scene between uh, Jango Fett and Obi-Wan whether the, the, the rain is hurting that, making it more difficult, or, you know, if it's freezing cold rain, it's just... Well, I'm sure, because of CGI. Them. That's they just true. couldn't feel it. Um, <laughs> like, I I just imagine um, it's just really cold and wet there all the time. Like, like just, the, it's, just the metal look of it has a very cold feel. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely very sterile. The environment is like, when you go inside a building, it is just a blinding white. Yeah, it's You're weird because like, it's cloudy as hell outside too. Like, yeah, like, like where is that blinding light coming from? It looks, it feels like it's coming through the windows and the sun shining through, but it's totally unnatural. I know everything is, and I think there is there is. Well, I should note that the Camonians can see in ultraviolet. Okay. Which would mean that anything that would be white 
might not actually be white. They might be able to see, because uh, seeing into ultraviolet would allow you to see a whole spectrum of colors that we couldn't see normally. Uh, but they can. So they probably see, like, it's probably just a parade of colors. Like, it's just Mardi Gras in there all the time. Yeah. And, like, but we can't see it because everything's just white. I think it's just, like, and then at that point, you know that they're probably, like, total assholes. And there's probably just, like, writing on the walls, like, that is, like, secretly, like, because the rest of the, the human beings that stop by and all the clones can't see this shit. So they're, like, <laughs> writing on the wall and be like, go home, assholes, or whatever. <laughs> It's just full of slurs, I imagine. Um, so, so what's what's interesting about Kamino is somebody, I guess it was Jango Fett. Was it Jango Fett that yanked it from the Jedi archives, or was it actually whose dart was it? So, Obi Wan has a dart that he takes to uh, Dexter Jetster of which all he, people, which he pulled out of Zam Wessel. So that's so he pulled out from Zam Wessel. So it was it was Jango Fett uh, shot Zam Wessel, right? That's the the rumor, at least. That was, I believe uh, so. I, I remember him. Does he shoot out? Does he? I think he has like a wrist dart. Yeah, like we see him. Yeah. So so we see Jango Fett kills Am Wessel, and he's got this little dart. And Obi Wan takes it to his buddy Dexter Jetster, who identifies it as a as a Camino saber dart, and he says it's the funny little cuts give it away. Um, which is interesting though, because somebody went through all this effort to. Pull this this uh, planet from the Jedi archives, so so nobody can find it. But Smarty Pants Dexter Jetster gives it all away. Well, it's actually even weirder than that. They didn't need to do anything. Obi Wan was like, "There should be a planet here. I'm just gonna go there." <laughs> yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just be like? He can look at it and go, "Yeah, no, there should be something there because everything around it suggests that there should be a planet here." But I'm. I'm not, I'm, I'm not convinced that there's something there. And the weirdest... What I think is so weird about it is... Is removing something from the Jedi archives... Like... The best way to, to make it so nobody knows it's there. Like... Obviously... People know about this planet. Like somebody know. If Dexter Jester knows about the planet... People know about it. So I... Like it's a Kamino Saber Dart. He pulls that out in a second... Let me go remove it from the Jedi archives, and then nobody will know this ever existed. Like, well, I don't know how that's a how that's a solid tactic. Well, I have two questions. One, did he go to every library and do this? Because there has to be other maps of the universe out there. Yeah, they have to be extremely common because you would need a map of the universe to get anywhere. Because it would also a map of the universe would also have whatever route you have to take to get there. Yep. So like, uh. And, and it's also that, like, because he couldn't go... To, like, there's no other library on Coruscant, which is a planet that is entirely city. <laughs> so there has to be at least a bookstore or a map store. Yeah, or just the... word of mouth. Like, that's the, the <laughs> thing that I don't get. Or, like, it, like what about, like, these droids that can take... R2, take me to Kamino. Like, like did you wipe it out of everything? Well, I like to think that... I just want to know how we got in there. The, I imagine that the library of the Jedi is not, like public access i imagine that nobody can just go in there it's guarded by younglings you can force oh, your way in well, yeah, oh yeah well, yeah because jango fett has the force doesn't have the force though so, i mean like force force yourself <laughs> <laughs> and push your way in like like i just and how did he get in there because uh we'll see later in the cartoon series the clone wars show that to get into like the advanced sections of the library you have to use the force in this weird little lock thing uh, but like, 
which I imagine is where you would keep your servers for your map, would be in a locked room. So, like, did he get in there? I guess we know that Cad Bane found a way in there. <laughs> but I, 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 I'd, I'd hate to say this, but I don't think Django Fett is as smart as him. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe that Django Fett is capable of a lot. But so, and I think even something even crazier is the. I guess it's the Jedi librarian says, uh, if it doesn't appear in the record records, it doesn't exist, which like, is just, it's so it's such a silly pompous line there. Well, like, well, there has to be information out there that the Jedi does <laughs> archive does not have. Like there has to be something, even if it's stupid, even if it's just a recipe for pie, would you, if you were like, I need this recipe for this specific pie. And she was like, nope, that doesn't exist. Dianagapai. Dianagapai. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. But <laughs> uh, Yeah, so if it doesn't exist in the records, if it's not in the records, it doesn't exist. So don't you think that the Jedi would be super all-powerful and have the answer to everything if that was the case? I guess that woman probably has the answer to everything. <laughs> he probably does. But I wanted to go back to the dart itself specifically. Yes. Why do they produce darts? What, like, what, how, what, what's the purpose of producing darts on this planet when your industry and all of the money you make, because this planet basically exists because they make money off of cloning. And in fact, the only reason I'm sure that anybody has a job on Camino is because they clone for the Republic Army, which probably pays ridiculous amounts of money. So I imagine that, like, the darts... Are, what a side business is there like a guy that's like well, i'm gonna make this dart and i'm uh, or is there like a guy that's like a master dart maker on camino and he's like hey boba fett i'll give you like a hundred of these darts for ten dollars <laughs> we're like yeah sure why not they're probably not that great i will tell you about the darts because there's an article about them well, of course there's an article about them <laughs> um the camino saber dart had a fluid reservoir at its base which could hold a small amount of poison or toxin blah 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 they were preferable over more direct assassination methods for several reasons victim's death could be nearly instantaneous uh it's essentially guaranteed um but why for why camino this is what we're not getting an answer to in Django fett used one to kill zam wessel we know that uh, Dexter Jester identified it and directed Kenobi to Kamino. It is simply a plot device. Kamino has nothing to do with it. It's a water planet filled with aliens that make clones. Why do they need these darts? Yeah, they like, the other thing is, is that, like, if you're a water planet, how do you really even collect a lot of metal? Everything looks like plastic there. I mean, like, maybe it's just because it all it's all white, but everything doesn't look like it's made out of metal besides the outsides of buildings. Which I imagine probably were shipped in, because it must be really difficult to get. Yeah. But, I mean, like, but apparently, technically, one of their major exports is covert technology. So I guess that might be a covert technology. But I feel like the clones would come first before the the covert technology. Though fish, I imagine, should technically come before that, because <laughs> what else are you going to do besides every, all day than fish? So the original name for the Camino dart was a Camino Kyber dart, which came from the name the Kyber Crystal, which was an item in the early drafts of the new of a New Hope. That had to have been like Kyber Crystal, like just super fantasy and like 
pulling pulling closer to the fantasy side than the, than the sci-fi side. Well, a kyber crystal, I think actually the name stick stuck around as some kind of lightsaber crystal. It was an ancient force relic. Wow, that picture is amazing. <laughs> well, we got some great pictures coming up in later episodes. Trust me. So, okay. Um, but, like, so the only thing we know, though, is that these funny little cuts is what gives it away. <laughs> I. The thing is, is that Camino actually has a lot of symbology. You can see, like, symbols on the ground in their own, like, in the waiting room. You can see them on the walls. Okay. I'm surprised that why wouldn't you put any symbols on there? Because and apparently that's the only thing that these droids <laughs> that are made to find stuff look for is symbols and not funny little cuts. Yeah. It's a I guess it's an assassin move. You don't want people to know who it's coming from. Unless you're you know, maybe you do. But then again, like, what do those funny little cuts give away? <laughs> wouldn't that give away a specific person and not a planet's worth of production? And I'm looking at it, like, I'm looking at a picture of this saber dart. There aren't that many funny little cuts in it. It, it just, I don't know. Uh, I don't buy this whole Dexter Jetster thing. I don't buy Dexter Jetster at all. I think he's lying. I think he's just a great tall talesman. And he just guessed that the planet was there. So, I guess to go back to Kamino specifically. Um, Kamino is in wild space. <laughs> Just beyond the unknown region of the galaxy. It's also past the Richie Maze. Or the... the Richie... Richie Maze. Richie Maze. <laughs> the Richie Maze. That sounds like a Star Wars character right there. It does. Uh, and it was head, headed by a ruling council and by a prime minister. So, okay. like, it was... Uh, so this yeah, was a group of people. interesting. So, I, I think, like... Um, Apparently, the Kaminos also have a caste-style society, because they're cloned and genetics are important to them. So, like, different colored eyes are their way of telling which kind of worker it is. So a gray-eyed, like Lama Sue, is a bureaucrat. Yellow eyes for um, the lower step down, which would be the, um, what's it called? The, the lady that introduced him at the door. Okay. And then a blue eye is a manual labor droid. Wow. They're a manual labor kind of person. So, like, they have this weird caste system on this planet. Um, also, to teach some of you people something. Oh, wait, here we go. The temperature? Temper? Climate? Oh, we do know it. Yeah, it's temperate. And the gravity is standard. So, the like, the rain hitting you isn't going to hurt any more than regular rain. Interesting. Uh, it is breathable, which is good. It has... It's only 463 days uh, of a year. So, it's not okay. too bad. Has a rotation period of 27 hours, so it's actually very close to human, to the real world. And, um... There's apparently only two known native species, which is the Camonians and the Iwa, which are their flying mount... Sea? Air dragons? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're kind of neat. I, I don't know if they're actually... I never quite understood this. You'll see this in a couple of Star Wars things. Why do they even ride animals? Like, on Hoth, it makes sense when Luke has a Tauntaun. Yeah. But in real life, wouldn't you just use, a, like, a spaceship to travel literally anywhere? Or a speeder with, like, a bubble over it so you can protect yourself from the rain, at least? I, I feel like, like, having a flying dragon is cool, but not useful. Yeah. 
Well, he says they're indigenous to the planet Naboo, and there's not a lot of useful at Naboo. <laughs> well, there's nothing useful in Naboo. <laughs> um, so, uh, I guess the more interesting thing I think to talk about, though, is the cloning facilities. Okay. Um, so the cloning facilities of Kamino are mostly done for the cloning trooper of troopers. Yep. Um, they have several large rooms devoted to teaching and training them. And they have accelerated aging, the clones, so they would be, they grow up faster and they're just constantly being trained, I imagine, which is probably really annoying. <laughs> like, like, I, I just can't imagine wanting to train a bunch of teenage Django Fets. No, not at all. No, that sounds unpleasant. And then... But what I like about the facility is, is that it's just as clean and sterile as every other part. But it's just, like, covered in, like, rant. It's just, like, it's weirdly checkerboard pattern, the one that we see in the cartoon. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, I, I've always wondered why it was checkerboard. It doesn't even look like it was, like, a hologram room or anything like that, where you could say, oh... That's that's why, you know, it's all holograms. Because what they do in Star Trek, it's all checkerboard, yellow, and black. Um, and then, so I guess we'll go through the timeline. So, here's a quick question. Um, do you think, first of all, these Star Wars planets, I mean, you have the ice planet, you have the water planet, now you have the air planet, you have the forest planet everything it's not like real life where there's a planet with all these different you know terrains and biome types and um what do you think of what do you think about that in general well just just poor storytelling is it is it trying to make a, a bigger broader universe something it's obviously not our universe so there could be things that are different well i always assume that it was actually convenience that you didn't have to show a large part of the planet for you to get the entirety of that planet like we know that tattooing is a completely a desert because it just is completely a desert um and it's just we, we only need to see one part for us to know that and for us to accept that and it's basically just a matter of it's the same sort of way that in an older narrative a character might travel across the actual planet earth and, and go through these different environments to make it sci-fi you do you travel from different planets do you think that came after the fact like like endor is known as the forest moon do you think it was the forest moon first or do you think we shot a scene on the forest and it became the forest moon well that's the other thing is that that's what happens to a lot of the the aliens yes is that they get like, uh, if one character exhibits a trait and he's an alien, all aliens exhibit that trait. Yes. Chewbacca is honorable, so all Wookiees are honorable. That sort of a thing. So, it's... It, it could be that, like... have leaked out onto the, the, the planets as well. Yeah. And, I mean, it doesn't bug me that much because with the it, planets, I guess. But... It, it always bugs me with the planets, because Coruscant is a city planet. Like, every... Yeah. every can you yeah. name a Star Wars planet that's not... I guess Naboo is a little bit different. Yeah, but Naboo is basically a plains and water planet. Yeah, it's almost hard to imagine these planets as more than just a, a location. Well, that's the thing. is There could be a gigantic sea on Tatooine. We will just never see it. 
Yeah, and like, and but but they planet. also refer to it as the as the you know as a desert, desert planet. planet. So it's I find it I don't know I just find it really interesting that what we see is representative of the entire planet. If you come in and do a video of my town, it's not very representative of Earth. I, I guess it might be because well, it's, it's it, representative of a of the air of a general area at the very least. Yeah, I guess it's representative of Earth as in. You know, we have technology, we have, uh, we wear clothes, there's a lot of things that are... Well, there's general things in all of society that we have rules for, but at the same time, taking a picture of your village, or of your town, might not be the very different for a a village in, say, the middle of Africa. Exactly. Or, or, well, I mean, there are cities in Africa, there's there's a lot of... It just depends on where, but it's the same thing as my town could be completely different than... A town, you know, two hundred miles from here, in I don't know, in central Pennsylvania. But I mean, like that's the thing is, is that it's really that each planet is made up of a different biome. While we have, you know, what, yes. six or seven. I, I'm not, I'm not quite trained on that. But I mean, like you know, each like we have a small area that's we have a part of the world that's desert, but all of tattooing is desert. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's. I just I can never tell if I feel like it's lazy story writing. Or lazy planet build or it's world building more, or yeah, it's probably lazy world building more than anything. Or if it's like genius marketing, you know, because think about that as far as a toy perspective goes, as far as a you know, as building the world and enabling them to tell a story about a a desert planet and and make a little you know mold of a de- you know. A toy Man. of a desert planet. Like I'm, I'm curious about all of that. I think it's, but it's, a, it's, it isn't just a problem, admittedly present in Star Wars. That's yeah. It is, it is present in almost all science fiction. I think it's just because it's easier to just come up with one or two traits, because you're never going to see all of the planet, not unless you're focusing on just one planet. Like, so that's something I'd, I'd love to see in Episode Seven, is not new planets, but new locations and existing planets. And yeah. and by new locations, I don't just mean another deserty part of Tatooine. I want to see something that's completely different, but not have to make up a whole another planet for it. Because I don't know how expensive space travel is in Star Wars. Um, well, we do know a little bit. It's how much did uh, uh, Obi Wan pay Han Solo? At least part of the price of a land speeder. Ten thousand space bucks or something. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> uh, but, I think it's what. Uh, I think that was uh, what Bill Pullman got paid in Spaceballs. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, they're just kind of uh, flip-flop, you know, hopping around the galaxy, and it, it can't be cheap, and we go from planet to planet to planet in these films. Um, you know, I'd like to see some other sides of the existing planets, and I think we will see some other sides of the existing planet. <clears throat> we'll at least see it something. Alderaan. Alderaan was Earth-like. But I think it's just because it was almost just Earth. It's because it was blown up and we never get to see it. <laughs> we never get to see it. That's the only one I could think of. Thinking of like, no, because all of them are basically just, they're all one note. They have one thing and it's all of that throughout. Except for, May, I guess Endor doesn't really, the actual planet Endor. Because the forest moon of Endor is where the Ewoks are. That's true. You're yeah, right. I guess Endor has a variety of moons. That is weird that we call it Endor, but it's, it's, it's actually not, the yeah, moon. It's actually the forest moon of Endor, not... Is it not the forest moon called Endor? Well, no, 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 because the, def- is, is... the planet is on Endor, and they call that air that that moon the forest moon. 
or a forest moon, which would suggest that if it is an a forest moon, that a forest moon is a thing. <laughs> like it's just like some planets, you know, they have a full forest, which is awesome. I wish our moon was a forest moon, and then we'd find like little bear teddy bears or whatever. It'd be great. It'd be better than the shitty moon we have now. A bunch of dust <laughs> craters. Um, Camino has a moon. <laughs> Very nice segue there. <laughs> I I have no idea how many, but I know it does. As far as it goes, uh, the only parts of Camino that I actually remember are the sequences in Topeka City that okay. we see in uh, Revenge of the Jedi or not Return uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that, that's way off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were way off there. I uh, kind of see a couple of scenes in the cartoon show, and then in um, Battlefront 2, okay. there's a story mode in which uh, you go as the 501st, you're uh, Darth Vader's personal legion, and you go through their history. You start off on Geonosis, and you do the Battle of Yavin, I think, or something like that. That's when it ends. But I know that partway through, when, you finally, when it starts transitioning between you being a clone trooper to you being a stormtrooper, there's a mission where uh, when you're finally a stormtrooper, you have to go to Kamino and destroy uh, an uprising of clones that were made by Kaminoans to uh, fight. Uh, they fight back. Like they were just like, they were trying to succeed from the, from the, uh, the empire. Okay. And I, the only reason I really remember this is because all of the clones they have are wearing the old arm, are wearing older stormtrooper armor, and they're all jetpacks. They all have jetpacks, which is awesome. It's the best fight in the game. I think jetpacks are the the way to get around from, like, how do you get from city to city in Camino? You can see a couple cities in the background, and I'm assuming they're different cities when you see a different structure. Well, yeah, uh, because uh, uh, the main structure that we see, Topeka or Topico, uh, um, is the capital, but nobody actually lives there. They all live in satellite cities that surround it. So, like, you, I assume they get from city to city by, you know, they have the landing pad, so some sort of spacecraft, but you don't see any spacecraft, like, out well, That's because them. they're flying on the AWAS. They fly on these land dragons that are as fast as, I don't know, an airplane, for whatever reason. Like, fuel has to cost And nothing. where do the AWAS stay? Do they stay underwater? I don't know. I imagine that they might actually be dumb enough to drown, like turkeys are apparently supposed to do. <laughs> like, they just look up and be like, man, that's, it's never going to rain, is it? And then they die. And it's... I, I just cannot imagine that they're anything pleasant, those creatures. I mean, we see them in the movie. They show up for, like, a second. Yeah. They, they do fly by. Alright, so you have the free pass to go to any... Uh, any planet in the Star Wars universe for... for all-inclusive paid vacation. Which planet is worse than Camino to go to? Well, to be honest, Camino at least sounds like it would be interesting to look at. Actually, Camino <laughs> seems like it would be very peaceful. Like, it would be, like, the retreat <laughs> to where you just go and veg out and, uh, you like, know, just stare at those bright... It feels like... Like the the end of uh, Lord of the Rings, you're going there to die. But <laughs> 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 you're just looking at those bright lights, and uh, that would be f it would be fun for that. I imagine that the like the if you went sightseeing, it'd be kind of fun, like to go around the different cities and see what the hell they're doing there. I I'd like to go see like a marketplace. Yeah, I, like, I, I feel think like there's nothing really like... interesting. Yeah, uh, but so so which one's would... worse? 
Oh, uh, God, I'd, I wouldn't want to go to Tatooine. I'd feel like I'd die if I went into any city because I'd ask the wrong person for directions and they'd shoot me. Tatooine at least seems like fun. I don't know. It's, there's stuff to do in Tatooine, I'm sure. But at the same time, it's probably really hot. I'm more likely to die of heat stroke, I, I have a feeling. I think uh, the only thing worse is, is Hoth. <laughs> it's well, the same yeah. thing as water, but it's colder. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't think anybody's there. Like, beyond Wampus, I don't think living creatures, like, just stay at Hoth. Um, you know, I would rather go to Kamino than Coruscant, I think. Okay. Because every depiction we see of Coruscant just makes it look like the seediest place. Like, you wouldn't want to be around any of these people. It also feels like homework. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It just seems like, I don't know. Like, I, I would be afraid that, like, every other turn there'd just be another Elan. So there's Bagano give, af, offering me death sticks, and it'd get really annoying after ten minutes, and I'd just want to leave. I could I could chill with Lama Sue. Lama Sue seems like a cool dude. Yeah. I don't know if he'd like you, though. Like, I don't know if he likes people. If he's, like, a Camino xenophobe or whatever. Too bad. Uh a Kaminophobe. Kaminophobe. Like... <laughs> well, that would be the opposite of when if if Obi Wan was like super racist in the movie. <laughs> I just wanted to mention one small detail in the behind the scenes section of Wikipedia. It says according to the new essential chronology, Kamino had located exactly where Obi Wan Kenobi said it was. That it was. Which I yeah, it has to be. In the film, however, he points towards the unknown regions where no known systems are located. So somebody looked at the picture. Of the scene where he's pointing at a map and going like, no, it should be right there. I was like, no, that's wrong according to this map. Wow. I And that's, that's not even just a map. It's like a 3D, like... Because <laughs> I'm even surprised that Obi-Wan can that quickly, like, know what he's looking at. But we've got a fan that paused it. And <laughs> I was like, no, that doesn't quite add up. It's also, like, impossible for us to have a map of their galaxy. Because galaxies are not... 2D. They're not flat. Exactly. It's, Everything it's... exists in three dimensions. Like, you know, yeah. your planet is up and to the left, not whatever. It's not just, you know, straightforward. <sighs> Alright, well, Camino, it doesn't exist. It that's, doesn't. All, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no. It, uh, if it's not in our archives, <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm going to delete it from Wikipedia and... Uh... I'm going to delete this episode. <laughs> Hello, you are listening to the Star What the F*** Game Show. I am your host, Jason Tagmeyer, along with my special guest, whose name is... 6-R-O-W-L, or known as Growl. Scrow, Growl, it's nice to have you on the show. Uh, hey, what are you? I am a special Life Day astromech from an MMORPG. It's quite nice to be here on this show, despite the fact that I probably don't exist in canon. Life Day Astromech. That's like the worst kind of astromech. I have this awesome paint decal that makes me look like a Tauntaun slash Wampa. That's amazing. So, the way this game works is I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. I'm going to mention something, and you have to tell me what it is in the Star Wars universe. Okay. Your word is drama. D-R-D-A-R-A-M-A. Dorama. Dorama. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna guess that a Dorama is like an alien species of some kind. They're fuzzy and brown, and they're kind of weird. Like they're just kind of off. They definitely be Muppets in like a TV in in the movies. 
Um, and they're probably like in the background of something. Uh, maybe in Shaman's bar, I'm gonna guess. They're like fuzzy and they have like weird noses. That's what my guess is. So you said a keyword in there, weird, which could apply to everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're wrong. Oh. The Dorama, also known as the Chosen One, was a status in the Yavitha Society. <laughs> Wait, what? It was a spiritual leader for the whole population was treated with the greatest respect. Generally, the Dorama would also assume status of Viceroy in the Dushkan League. <laughs> Duh. Obviously. I, I feel so ashamed. So you lose. Yeah. And you are not the chosen one in this episode. I don't get a point. You uh, get no points. Well, I'm angry. <laughs> well, you're growl. You kind of look growl. angry. Can I get a good growl for the crowd? Uh, All right. right. <laughs> uh, I can't even do it. Again, I can't do it with the growly version of that whistle. Nope. Yeah. All right, well, you lose. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Camino episode of Star What the Fuck. It's our first planet, and it won't be our last. Um, we'll catch you guys later. See ya. This episode was brought to you by the Great Pit of Carcoon Trash Collection. We eat it up. <laughs>